This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. All right, folks, let's get into the word today. I hope this Easter message is super encouraging to you. And so we're going to jump right in. Uh, Once again, um, happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday, and I hope you're able to enjoy um, today uh, with family and friends. And so let's jump into the word. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that we're ministered to, and God, that we see uh, once again, reveal to us, God, the reality, the truth that Jesus is alive. All right. Hallelujah. So check it out, guys. We're going to jump right in. So if you would turn in your Bibles, turn in your Bibles uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verse 12 to 19. And I'm going to go pretty fast today. I really just want to preach to you um, just what, uh, like, what about the resurrection? Okay. Like, what does that mean? And so uh, we're going to, we're going to just give this to you as 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 clear and um and and maybe as fast as we can just so we can really get through this i hope you just really get encouraged today in your faith all right so here we go first corinthians 15 verse 12 to 19 i'm going to read this here we go uh, now if christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead uh, verse 13 But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Um, And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty. Verse 15, yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because because we testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. If, in fact, the dead do not rise. Verse 16, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. Uh, You are still in your sins. Verse 18, then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable, okay? Or the most to be pitied. So here we go. Why the resurrection? What about the resurrection? What does it mean? And, uh, Here it is. I'm going to give you a lot of points today, okay? But here's the first one. Without the resurrection, our faith is in vain. Uh, Our faith and everything about it has no purpose if there's no resurrection, right? It it, it means our faith is empty. Our faith is aimless. Our our faith is ineffectual. And uh, our faith is without profit. I mean, it just, uh, it's useless. Um, So faith in all that we express it, and, and live out our faith and express our faith in all the different ways, um, all of that is nothing if Jesus was not in truth and in fact raised from the dead. So here we go. Here's some more points here just to kind of go along with that. Uh, no resurrection equals no communion. Why? Because we, we, we cannot celebrate his death without a revelation of his resurrection. The whole essence of communion is we can partake of him, why he's the bread of life. So if he's dead, that bread, there is no life in it. If he is still dead, 
the, that blood has no life in it. Can I get an amen, somebody? And, and you know, even when, when Paul wrote to the church in Corinth about communion, it's the reference we use a lot um, in, in, in Corinthians when we receive communion. And it says that, um, you know, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So even in communion, when we observe it, that last verse we read out of um, uh, chapter 11 of Corinthians, uh, it says, you know, we proclaim his death until he comes. So um, check it out. Uh, if he is not raised from the dead, he is not seated at the right hand of the Father, and he is not coming back. All right? That's if there is no resurrection. Once again, another one, no resurrection equals no baptism. Uh, just like we are uh, and, and through baptism, we are buried with him through baptism. We shall also be raised with him in the likeness of his resurrection. So no communion, no baptism, if there is no resurrection. And here's another one here. If there's no resurrection, uh, then Jesus is a liar, okay? Now we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and God is not a man that he should lie. And so the resurrection speaks to the very essence, foundation of our faith, okay? And so if he was not raised from the dead, then the Bible, the Bible itself from Genesis to Revelation is a religious lie. It's just rituals and rules, all right? Um, without the resurrection, uh, none of Jesus' promises would be trustworthy. Come on, somebody. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, after promising many times that he would do so. He is a deceiver and he is deceived. But how many of you know that he in truth has been raised from the dead? Why the resurrection? What of the resurrection? What, what, what does that mean? It is the very essence, foundation, and fabric of our faith. If Jesus got up out of that grave, everything he said is true. Everything he has done is true. Every person that's encountered him, it is true. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right, here we go. I got some more verses here. As I said, I'm going quick today. I'm just preaching right through this, okay? So Matthew chapter 16, Matthew 16, uh, verse 21, and here it goes. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Jesus himself said, I will be raised the third day. Here's another one, Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 to 19. Now Jesus going up to Jerusalem took the 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them, behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. You know, and he's basically saying, man, it's about to go down. Right, And the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Verse 19, and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and scourge and to crucify. And the third day, he will rise again. All right, what else? What of the resurrection? What does this say? All right, it, it, it declares that the Son, speaking of Jesus, the Son is all-powerful. Okay, I'm just going through. So, so I, I know I kind of moved quick there, quickly through this already. But what are we doing today? 
We are just looking in the scripture and seeing scripturally, theologically, and in truth, what the resurrection is saying, what it demonstrates, what it shows, what, what it means to us, to all of humanity, and to, to the world, to what it means to the enemy, the devil, what it means to us, okay? And so, like I said, I'll say it one more time, but the next point here is, what does the resurrection say? It says that the sun is all powerful, okay? And so I'm just gonna um, just kind of read a little bit from my notes and then we're gonna go to Romans chapter one, verse one in a minute. But the resurrection amounts to the Father's clear signal that Jesus is the all-powerful Son of God, okay? So Jesus, through the resurrection, has conquered death and reigns as Lord of all, okay? And so Romans chapter one, verse one, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, verse two of Romans one, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, verse three, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born, all right, hallelujah, born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, verse four, and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. The resurrection, Jesus coming up out of that grave, all powerful by the spirit of holiness, it declares that Jesus is the son of God with power, capital S, all right? Here's the next one, all right? What does the resurrection say? What does it mean? What does it declare? The resurrection is the demonstration of Christ's deity, okay? The resurrection is the demonstration of Christ's deity, all right? So what does that mean? Let's look at this, John chapter two. Or how do we see that in the scripture? How do we see that the resurrection communicates to us that Jesus is God, okay? That he is part of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The resurrection of the dead demonstrates that Christ is deity, all right? Hallelujah. Turn in your Bibles, John chapter two, starting in verse 19. We'll go John 2, 19, all the way to verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Verse 20, then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Verse 22, therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus has said, well, that Jesus had said. So he was raised from the dead. God himself did it. Jesus himself said with his own words, I will raise it up. He was raised from the dead without any human agency. There was no help from anywhere, right? Like it was God himself. And he said himself, I will raise it up. Nobody can say 
I will raise up my own body out of the grave unless they are God. Jesus said it. I will raise it up. Hallelujah. So every other, if you even see every other resurrection that happened prior to his, meaning like Lazarus, guess what? Lazarus returned to the grave. Jesus died, buried. Third day, rose again. And now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, uh, Jesus did not return to the grave. He raised up his body out of there. So after Jesus was raised from the dead, he ascended to the right hand of the throne of God. His resurrection without human agency is an, is an implicit affirmation of his deity. I'm gonna say that again. I, li- I just like the sound of that. His, his resurrection without human agency uh, is an implicit affirmation of his deity. I, I, this is Jesus talking, right? I will raise it up. Hallelujah. Here's the next one. I know I'm going quickly today, but I'm giving you a lot, okay? I'm giving you a lot. I, I, I just felt in my heart for, for the message today for Easter. It's just to really look at the scripture and say, this is what the resurrection says. This is what it communicates. This is what it means, okay? So uh, here's the next one. The resurrection provides a model for life. I'll say it again. The resurrection provides a model for your life, okay? And so let me read here. It, it provides uh, the model of sacrificial living, all right? Uh, that, that blessings come from sacrifice, that life comes from death, all right? Now, we're not going to go get up on a cross and die for people's sins, right? And there's nothing, that, that is not, Jesus did that already. But it is a model for our life. The, 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 the death, burial, and resurrection is a picture of how we should live. And I know many of you know what I'm talking about. The, the death to self means life unto God. If I die to my will, I live in God's will. If I die to my flesh, I live in the spirit. The resurrection provides a literal model for our life. Okay, how many of you know that a self-consumed and self-centered life is absolutely miserable? I am most miserable when I'm being selfish, right? Maybe in the moment, I don't feel miserable because I'm being selfish, right? And I'm kind of being self-consumed in a particular situation. But the outcome of a, of a selfish, self-centered, self-consumed life is misery. Why? We were created, we were created to live a life of sacrifice for others and experience life on the other side of sacrifice, much like Jesus was brought to life after being buried for three days and three nights. The resurrection provides a model for life. Genuine, uh, abundant living, right, occurs only when one dies to self-interest right? This is the Christian way. It's literally death, burial, resurrection gives us a picture of how we should live, how we should give of ourselves. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve, to give my life a ransom for many. And how many of you know there was life on the other side of that death? The book of Revelation says, speaking of Jesus, that it is he who was dead, right? Or sorry, he who lived, uh, died and behold is alive forevermore. Hallelujah. It is, it is he 
I'm going to say it again. It is he who was living, died, and behold, he is alive forevermore. Death, burial, and resurrection. Hallelujah. All right? Matthew chapter 10, verse 38 and 39, it says this. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. All right? And he who loses his life, somebody say sacrifice. He who loses his life, what life? The self-life. Surrender. Uh, Paul, Paul said, I die daily, right? And he, Jesus said, and he who loses his life for my sake, and another, another um, reference of the scripture says, for my sake and the gospels, right, will find it. Somebody say resurrection, all right? So there's always, when there's a sacrifice in God, in our journey with God, when there's a sacrifice, when there's a surrender, when there's a, a death to something, there is always life on the other side of it. Once again, the resurrection provides a model for our life. Hallelujah. Here we go. I got another one. Here we go. Here's my next point, folks. My next point. The resurrection proves. I know, I know you know this. I know some of this is really basic, okay? Real basic. Um, you already know a lot of this, and that's fine. Uh, but I believe it's so important to, I don't know, sometimes, sometimes with holidays, um, if we're not careful, it can become more festive than, than, than kind of the whole heart of, um, and the whole, uh, divine and spiritual purpose for Holy Week and, uh, the resurrection and Passover and throughout hundreds and hundreds of years, the, the church, um, celebrating Easter in the context of, of Christ's resurrection, sometimes can become so festive that we can lose sight of the 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 truth the the spiritual aspects and even the doctrinal truth around this and so my heart was for today is to really go into some of the literal doctrine and theology of what does the resurrection say like what 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 you know um and and not just not just try to not to i, I don't want to just um celebrate the outcome i want to teach you what it means what 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 it what it tells us what what the revelation it really is okay so here we go here's the next one uh, the resurrection proves that god is alive come on now right so so he is the living god and he is the god of the living the bible says you know where 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 we are temples of the living god so Holy, if, if the resurrection didn't happen, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit is not here. But when we experience the power of the Holy Spirit, when we experience the glory of God, that is, that is a testament. That is confirmation of the resurrection. The resurrection proves that God is alive. Or when we encounter and experience the living God, it is a testimony that the resurrection actually happened. Hallelujah. And you know, the Bible says, you know, the dead do not praise him, right? That we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. His word is living and active. Come on now. 
The resurrection proves, declares, it demonstrates that our God is alive. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus is alive. Not just because we're celebrating it on this Easter Sunday, not just uh, because of the of the festivities. He is alive, and 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 he is with you. He's working in your life. He wants to continue to work and speak and do things. I'm here to tell you right now, born again believer, disciple of Jesus, follower of Christ, you are a temple of the living God. Why? How? How could that even be? Because Jesus got up out of that grave. Hallelujah. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 to 22. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 to 22. But now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of all those who've fallen asleep. For since by man came death, speaking of Adam, by man, speaking of Jesus, also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. In Christ all shall be made alive. The resurrection proves that God is alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here we go. Here's the next one. The resurrection tells us that death is not the end. The resurrection tells us that death is not the end. It's not over until God says it's over, all right? Death is not the end. It tells us death is not the end. When you die this natural death, the Bible says we shall take off in, uh, we shall take off corruption, we shall put on incorruption. All right, we, we shall die a natural death, but we will continue to live on spiritually. All right, we will continue to live on beyond this world, beyond this life, right? Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth. Store for yourselves treasures in heaven. It is appointed for man once to die, natural death. After that, the judgment. There is a place in the by and by. And that's called heaven, folks. We're going to get there one day. We're going to go there one day. I'm telling you, the resurrection tells us, tells us that there is an afterlife, that there is an, an eternity with Jesus. He says, when he came up out of that grave, he says, man, I go and prepare a place for you. All right. He's going to call us home. He's coming back. If he should tarry, we will be, we will meet him. We will meet him again. We will see, the scripture says, we will see him as he is. Hallelujah. The resurrection tells us death is not the end. It's not over. Loved ones in Christ that have, that have, that as the scripture say, and I think King James and even maybe New King James use the word sleep, right? Uh, they've fallen asleep. Well, I'm telling you, you're going to see him again one day. You're going to see him again one day. Hallelujah. You're going to see him again one day. The resurrection tells us that death is not the end. All right. Acts chapter 2, verse 23 to 24. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. 
Hallelujah. That's not the end of the story. Let's keep reading. Verse 24 of Acts 2. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. It was not possible. Death could not hold him. All right? Death could not hold him. All right? Death could not hold him. Hallelujah. All right, here it is. I got. I still have three more points here, okay? I've, I've already gotten, I think I've given you 10 already. But here we go. What, what about the resurrection? The resurrection tells us that Satan is defeated. That's what it tells us. That's what my Bible tells us. All right? Um, you know, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, Hades, where is your sting? All right? Hallelujah. Um, and then, and, and this in Corinthians, uh, um, I don't have it here, but in um, uh, it's chapter 15, I think it's um, all the way at the bottom, I think it's verse 58. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right? Hallelujah. The strength of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection tells us that Satan is defeated. He is defeated. All right? He conquered, Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Natural death is not the end, and we in Christ will not eternally die in hell. Why? Because Jesus' blood was shed. Hallelujah, and he rose again from the dead. We are no longer in the guilt, shame, and condemnation of our sin. Somebody say Jesus is alive. All right, so here we go. Next one. Uh, the resurrection was the day of reckoning for sin, okay? I mean, let, it, it is all of what happened, right? The death, the shedding of blood, the burial, the resurrection. The resurrection was the day of reckoning for sin. Jesus is not a dead martyr to be pitied, but a living, reigning, returning King and Lord to be loved and followed. Hallelujah. All right, here is my last point, folks. This is my last point. The resurrection is our deliverance. Right? It is our deliverance. It is, it is how we can be sanctified. It is, it, is, it, is, it is the resurrection. Without the resurrection, the Holy Spirit would not be able to dwell within us. Without all of that, the cross, the, the blood, it's the resurrection. That, that moment, right? It delivered us from our sin. I understand like the context of um, just our present moment and confession of sin, but it's because of the resurrection. Hallelujah. It's because of the resurrection. Um, the resurrection is our deliverance. Forgiveness was costly, right? The cross. So if you want to think about what sin will do, just look at the cross because that's what sin did, Right? The, the, the scriptures say he didn't even look like a man on there. Like it's so, that's what sin does, 
That, 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 that's, that's, that's judgment for sin. So if we want to see, man, what's sin going to cause? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But look, look at the cross. That tells you the wages of our sin. It's Jesus on the cross. So, so um, forgiveness was costly. All right? It, the cross. And, but because of the resurrection, it, for your life, okay, believer, born again believer, Christ follower, because of the resurrection, there should not be a lingering guilt of shame because of sin. Should not be. Should not be. All right. Now, the devil will try to condemn us, lie to us, but that's what I'm saying. Should not be. He's lying. You need to tell that devil to shut up and go. You need to be like, devil, shut up and go. Lying, lying devil, shut up and get out of here. Right? You know, you, you need to tell him where to go. Why? Because of the resurrection, there shouldn't be this lingering, um, like regrets and all this stuff. Why? Because you're forgiven. You're forgiven. No more shame. No more condemnation. Uh, no more oppression. No more heaviness. No more regret. Why? The resurrection is our deliverance. And I'm going to go back to one verse. Okay, that I read in the beginning it was our first verse, first portion of verse there. I just wanted to pull one verse out of there just to kind of sum it up today. And I'm going to pray for you guys. And I know it was a quick one today, um, but I really wanted to uh, get through all of these. I think you got a lot there. Okay, I, I would think from an information content, I think there's probably about three sermons in this right here. Okay, that you that you that you just got. So you can go back and study this and really look at it. And there's more. Okay, I can't. I can't tell you everything. I think there's so much to the resurrection. We can just go on and on and on. But uh, my heart and prayer and hope is that this just encouraged you in your faith in Jesus, the risen and living Savior. All right? Last verse, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 17. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. But because he rose from the grave, because of the resurrection, because Christ is risen, all right, our faith is truth. Our faith is true. Our faith is effective. Our faith is working. Our faith is living, right? Because he's risen. And we are not in our sins. We are forgiven. We are washed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just fill us, God, with your Holy Spirit this morning. Fill us today with your Spirit, God. Touch us, God. Uh, give us that. Stir us, God. Stir our faith in, in who you are and in and through the resurrection. Thank you, God, for doing everything you've done for us. And we thank you that our faith is alive. That, Lord, that, that we are alive. We, we are the living because you have been raised from the dead. So we just praise you, Lord. And we just thank you, God, for resurrection life in our lives as we go about our day, our week, our journey. God, thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit and the life of God living and, and moving and operating in all of us. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. I love you, church. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.